It's great to have you guys here. And when I say here, I mean online. Thanks so much. We are doing something very unique this weekend. Due to the coronavirus, we've decided, like many churches across the country, to go online only. So thank you for being a part of our services today. I want to say hello to all of our campuses who are also watching online, as well as our God Behind Bars guys. Let's give those guys a hand real quick. We love you guys. So grateful for you. Now, for those of you who think, okay, so, Pastor, are you doing this because you guys are afraid of the virus? I want to encourage you to know that we're not afraid of the virus. We're not afraid of anything that comes our way. Rather, it's an act of love. And so, in fact, the CDC, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, put out something online basically asking large organizations, any organization with over 250 people gathering at one time, to instead of doing that, to go to audio or video events so that we can stop the spread or at least stave off the spread of the virus happening. And so we don't see this as an act of fear. We see this as an act of love. The Bible says to love your neighbor. That's exactly what we're trying to do. In fact, next week we're starting a brand new series uh, that's all about this called Love Where You Live. So we thought, why don't we just start a week early and do something as a church that really will help us love where we live. And so that's why we're doing this. So again, thanks for being a part of our services today. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, there he is also. So I believe God is with you right now as you're listening. And I believe God is going to speak to you through this message on fear. We're talking today, the message is called Choose Faith not fear. I figured that's pretty appropriate right now because if you've been watching TV or going on Twitter or Instagram, it is like panic central right now when instead we, we as Christians need to know that we've got a God who loves us, who's there for us, no matter what comes our way. And so we're going to get through this like we've gotten through all the other things that we were panicked and freaked out about before. God brought us through. He'll continue to do that again. Let's start off. We like, always like to start off with our mission statement. What are we here to do as a church? Let's say it together. We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die period. Those are all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for being a part of our online experience today. And by the way, you're not alone, but those of you who say, oh, I've never done this. I've never been to church online before. Well, actually, you're joining right now our second largest campus, which is online. We actually normally have over 2,000 people that watch online all over the nation and all over the world. We have people that watch all over the United States, but also in Europe and even in the Middle East. We have a lot of military over there. And so welcome to Church Online. We're glad you guys are here. And I also want to say a special thank you to Pastor Emil, who heads up our entire online team. And so many people work so hard to put it together every single week. Pastor uh, Jose does a great job. We've got a whole crew of people behind the scenes that makes that happen. So if you're able to watch this smoothly right now, you may want to thank them. They do a great job for us. Our whole volunteer team does a great job. So I want to jump in talking about choosing faith and not fear, whether it be the coronavirus or maybe something completely different in your life that you're a little panicked about, that you're a little nervous about. And so the Bible says, fear not or do not be afraid over and over and over again. I had no idea last, last year, towards the end of the year, when God gave me the phrase, do not be afraid for our year. I had no idea how much that was going to apply at this point in the year. And so if you got your notes, you can, or if you want the notes, you can click on that where it says notes uh, on the online platform, or if you're watching via social social media. Uh, one of our chat hosts can also present those for you. So let's dive right into scripture. It says in Matthew 22, verses 38, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I don't know what's going on in your life, what kind of crisis is happening in your life right now, but I want to encourage you with this. Would you write this down? Number one, choose to see crisis as an opportunity to love one another. 
It's an opportunity to make a difference. It's an opportunity to say, you know what, there's a lot going on in my family in this crisis, so I'm going to choose just to dig in and love my spouse better and love my kids better. Maybe there's a crisis at work. I'm going to choose just to love those around me and be concerned for them instead of being worried about myself. And so it really is an opportunity to simply say, you know what, when life seems to be falling apart, that's an opportunity for you to step up and offer the love that Christ has offered you and to love one another. I want to encourage you uh, to do that. The second thing I want to tell you that we need to do to choose faith over fear in our life is this. No matter what comes your way, remember that God is still in control. We get panicked because we didn't expect it, right? No one expected this. I mean, I remember hearing about the coronavirus thinking, oh, you know, it's going to blow over. They'll figure it out. And then a week will go by and, oh, this isn't really blowing over. And then the third week is like, okay, this is getting pretty big. Next thing you know, we're contemplating, do we have church or not? Do we, do we, do we go online only or, or have our physical locations open? And it just seemed to swell very quickly, right? None of us were, were expecting it. Maybe you've had something else happen in your life that you weren't expecting. Maybe, you know, I've never met a single mom that expected to be a single mom. I've never met anyone who got cancer that said, yeah, I saw this coming. I've never met anyone who's going through bankruptcy that said, yeah, this was my plan all along. See, what happens is things just, life happens, things happen to us, events happen, illness happens. We weren't prepared for them. And so we think, my life feels out of control. Surely, is there really a God there to help me? And the truth is, is that just because we're not in control, doesn't mean God's not in control. So I don't know what you're facing right now, but I just want, want to encourage you that God wasn't surprised by it. You may have been surprised by it. You may have been taken off guard, but he was not. He knew before the foundations of the world were put in place what was going to come your way, and he is already sending a solution to the problem that you think you just now got. He knew about it, and he already has an answer on the way. Isn't it good to know that there's a God who does know and he is there during these trying times. And so no matter what comes your way, remember that God is still in control. Look at Isaiah 12. It says this. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. I love that he's my song. You know the last song you hear in the car before you go to work or, or the last song you listen to maybe on your, on your iPod or, or on your phone? It's funny because that song is something you tend to play over and over again in your mind all day long. You just kind of sing it to yourself. In fact, has it ever happened to you where the wrong song was the last song, so you, you quickly change it? You're like, no, I don't want to be singing that all day. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, I don't want that song in my head. So you want to put a song that you like on? It says here, the Lord is my song. And what does that mean? It means sing to yourself all day long. God's got this. He's in control. He, he's going to take care of me. He is my strength. He's my refuge. He's my strong tower. And so maybe for you is pick out a great worship song to just remind you that there is a God who loves you in the middle of this difficult moment. Whatever you're facing, sing that song. Just know that he's with you and sing that all day long. No matter what comes your way, remember God is still in control. Now this next point is a big one, especially for what we've been going through this last week. And so I'm not making light of the coronavirus at all when I say this, but I think this is really important to keep this in mind. Number three, avoid sky is falling people, including the media. There are people who just think the world is going to end. Oh, this is it. This is, this is it. We're, we're all going to go under. We just, coronavirus is going to take us all out. Well, SARS was supposed to take us all out. The West Nile was supposed to take us all out. Remember that one, the viruses? And we found solutions. I mean, back in the day, it was a bubonic plague. I mean, there's always something that's going to destroy everything. When the truth is, is that God's bigger than all of that, and he will help us overcome. And so I just want to encourage you to avoid people that make you panic, that freak you out. And so I want to encourage you that there's always a chicken little someone in your life. Isn't there? Someone's like, oh, this is going to crumble, and the whole world's going to come to an end, and everything's going to fall apart. And no, no, it's not. People said that every time another crisis comes, we think, this is it, this is the big one, and then, and then we're okay. 
And so I just want to encourage you, don't panic, don't freak out, and don't hang out with people that, that do. I love the scripture. It says in Deuteronomy 20, this is when they were facing war. It says, then the officers will also say, is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. I love that. It's like, hey, if you're going to be panicked, do that on your own time. Don't get me freaked out. And so I want to encourage you that it's, it's important to keep up. And some of you are saying, well, Pastor, are you saying to just to turn off the TV and, and, and not be informed? No, I'm saying that instead of watching news all the time, maybe watch an hour and then turn it off. It, it just go check your Twitter feed maybe once a day and see what's the latest going on and then turn it off. But if you feed on that all the time, it'll drive you crazy. Did you know that all the social media platforms are designed, the algorithm behind them is designed that whatever you start feeding on, they feed you more of. So if you are constantly reading about fearful things, they're going to start putting that in your algorithm and feeding you more things to be afraid of. In the same way, if you start filling your mind on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook and even in the news, if you start, start feeding your mind on the things that are positive, that are faith-filled, guess what? They'll feed you more of that. So I want to encourage you, if you're going to follow someone, follow someone that's going to fill you with faith, why don't you follow our church? Follow me, follow my wife, follow uh, other preachers and teachers and those who encourage you. Follow uh, people that you look up to that inspire you don't follow people that get you panicked. And by the way, I, I need to let you know something about the news. I hate to break it to you. There's an agenda behind all the news. And, and, and listen, for those of you who say, oh, I know it, here it goes. He's going to tell us about all the political agenda. Actually, that's not the main agenda. It's pretty obvious to see the political agenda, depending on what channel you like to watch. That's not the agenda I'm talking about. The real agenda of the news is ratings. And so they know that fear sells. So every time there's a crisis, you may notice this, they're practically trying to stop themselves from smiling because they know I've got a bigger audience. And guess what? Bigger audience means bigger revenue for them. So just keep that in mind that the reason why they will just play this again and again is because they want to keep you tuned in. So turn it off. Why don't you instead fill your mind with some good news? about what God says about you, about how God says you can do great things and he has great things in store for you. He's got a great future for you. He's got a great plan for you. Someone needs to get excited in their living room right now because God has a big plan for you. He does. And so and instead of letting the newspaper or your favorite news site be the end all be all, it's not the final say. God's word is the final say. And he says that in him, we can overcome and that nothing is impossible with God. And last time I checked, you're with God. And so that means whatever you're facing, you can overcome. In fact, the Bible says you're called an overcomer, you and I both. And so you need to know this. We're going to get through this. We're going to be fine. Your problem has an expiration date. Your God doesn't. So I just want you to know he is there with you. We're going to get through this in no time. You say, well, what if it gets a little worse? It may, but then it'll get a little bit better and then it'll go away. And so you just need to know that God has got us. So don't, don't hang around and don't fill your mind with sky is falling people. It'll just drive you crazy. There's this great article that C.S. Lewis wrote. This guy was an amazing preacher. You probably heard of him. He wrote The Lion, the, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is a, an amazing series he wrote for children. But the guy was brilliant. In fact, anything he wrote, read it. You'll love it. Just trust me. But he used to write columns for, for his paper. And, and uh, he wrote this one uh, because people were panicked. People were scared. They were freaking out. Sounds a lot like a nation I know, right? Sounds a lot like what's going on in our world today all across the globe. They were panicked, but they were panicked over the atomic bomb, the threat of someone dropping a bomb and killing everyone at once, and that panicked them. Isn't it funny? Now we have all these nukes. We, we know that countries all around us have nukes. We have them. Other countries do. And we don't live in panic from that anymore, even though it's still a reality. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say that it's a reality, but we've adjusted to it. And now it's like, well, yeah, that's just, that's part of life. And it's amazing what you, what you can adjust to. 
In the same way, this is new. It's a new threat to us, so that's why we're not used to it, and so people are freaking out. So C.S. Lewis wrote this article, and it was designed for people, and he called it the atomic age. I just want to take out the phrase atomic bomb or atomic age and put in coronavirus. And so he, this was written in 1948, and just hear how much this is relevant today. It's a little long, so hang with me, but just listen to this. This is what he said. In, in one way, we think a great deal too much of this coronavirus. How are we to live in the coronavirus age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you already are living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the coronavirus was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in an unpleasant way. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, uh, anesthetics. We, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by, by coronavirus, let that virus, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about viruses. They may break our bodies, a microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. Can you believe how relevant that is to 2020, the coronavirus? Guys, there's always going to be something on the horizon. I'm not suggesting that we don't want to take steps to to stave off this, this virus from, from going viral. Obviously, we want to do that. But at the same time, don't live in fear. God never designed you to live in fear. In fact, it says fear not or do not fear 365 times in the Bible, which means there's not a day this year you're supposed to be afraid. God has got you. You've got to trust that he knows what's going on in your life. And maybe it's not the coronavirus. Maybe it's something totally unrelated to that that has you fearful. You tell me what you have fearful, and I'll tell you where you need to apply your faith. In fact, let me show you this next scripture and the next point. This is really important. Number four, practice action faith towards your fear. Practice action faith towards your fear. What does that mean? Well, let me show you scripture. This is a pretty famous one that you may know. You may not know the exact reference, but you know the Bible says faith without works is what? Is dead. Faith without works is dead. That's what the, the New American Standard Translation puts it that way. But here's another translation. This is the NCV, the New Century Version. It puts it this way. Faith that does nothing is dead. Isn't that great? So when Jesus told his disciples and his followers, do not be afraid, it wasn't that there wasn't some kind of present danger for them to face. It was very real. The, the emperors that were crushing people, they were very real. The, the battle, you know, the Romans who were always trying to beat down the Israelites, that was very real. We're not trying to say there's not real issues. We're not trying to say racism isn't real or, or that cancer isn't real or that problems aren't real or that the coronavirus is real. They're all real. But we have to learn to not be afraid in the midst of things that are fearful. We have to choose to say, you know what? I know there's something that I could be afraid of, but I'm going to choose to stay in faith and recognize the reality, but I'm still going to stay in faith. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you apply your faith towards your fear? Your fear? Here, here's what you do. You practice action faith, and here's how you do it. You get into the action habit. 
I want to challenge you if you're worried, whatever you're worried about, replace worry with work. Faith without works. So I looked up the word work. Here's what it means. It means exertion or effort directed to produce or accomplish something. Let me say that again. Work is exertion or effort directed to produce or accomplish something. So faith without exertion or effort directed to produce or accomplish something is dead. Faith without your effort. So in other words, don't just say, oh, I'm just going to believe God. I just have faith. Have faith, attitude, and then do something, work. And so if you say, man, I'm just really worried because I feel like I'm not going to be able to advance in the company because I don't have my education. Well, rather than being worried about not having your education, why don't you just go get your education? Rather than being worried about not having enough money in retirement, why don't you open the 401k and start maxing it out every year? Instead of being worried about your marriage, oh, is this going to end? Why don't you start going on a date night with your spouse and just pouring back into your relationship? Instead of being worried about your teenager making the wrong decisions, why don't you get involved in their life? And that way, you're taking an action that chips away at the fear that you do have. God wants us to stay in faith, but that doesn't mean we stay in faith and do nothing. Faith without works is dead. So do something over what you're afraid of. Maybe you're afraid of an addiction taking you over. Why don't you, instead of being fearful, just go to a 12-step program. Just go talk to a counselor. Go to rehab. Whatever you're afraid of, I bet there's something you can do towards it. You may say, but I can't solve it. Well, rather than thinking I have to solve it all at one time, I'm going to do something towards this. I'm going I'm to attack my lack. I'm going to do something towards this issue to make it different. And so if you do nothing, you may be in faith, but you're not acting in faith. God wants us to act in faith. So as a church, guess what? Instead of just being afraid of the coronavirus, oh, there's just nothing we can do. Yeah, there is. We can just go to church online this weekend. That's something simple. It's practical. We're still going to prioritize God's house. But at the same time, we're going to do something that's going to make a difference in our community. And so I just want to encourage you in the same way. Practice action, faith towards your fear. And then the last thing is this. It's based upon Matthew 28. This verse is the verse that drove me to plant a church when I was 25 years old. This verse has driven me to walk across the street to my neighbors many times and meet them and try to invite them to church and win them to Christ. This, this verse drove me when I was in high school to meet the kid below me that uh, had a lock right below me and tell him about Christ. This, this verse has driven me to do a lot of things in my life, and I believe this verse can drive you too. In fact, really what this verse says is to take as many people to heaven as you can before you die, period. But look how Jesus put it. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Not to the end of the coronavirus. I'm with you past that. I'm with you to the end of the age. Not the end of your cancer. I'm with you past that. Not the end of your marriage. I'm with you past that, even if that were to happen. I'm with you past the loss of someone you love, the, 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 the loss of that person you care for. I'm with you past whatever the date of your crisis ending. Jesus says, I am with you to the very end of the age. So what should we be doing? Should we be panicking about this crisis? Should we be panicking about what's going on in our life? No. We should just let that make us more intense to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. That's what we're all about because God's word says to be all about that. You know what? I, I like you, am concerned. I, I don't want to get this virus. I don't want my family to get it. I called my mom and dad. The first thing I did, my, my father and my mother are a little older now. And, and I just said, hey, guys, I really don't want you to come to church this weekend. And I, I never thought I'd say that before. This is when we were going to have physical location services. And eventually we went to online. And frankly, I'm, I'm a little relieved for my own parents. 
Maybe you know someone that's a little older that you're nervous about, or maybe, maybe you have a, a condition already that you think if I were to get the virus, my body's already fighting something. And most of the people who, who have lost their life from the virus, that's why there was something else and then this added to it. Or maybe for you, you don't have anyone in particular in mind, but you just know you care for the whole world and don't want to see people, people die. Why are we so panicked about people, people dying? Have you seen the stats on death? They're pretty crazy. 100 out of 100 people die. They're really high. So maybe instead of being just driven to help them live a longer life before they eventually finally do die, maybe we should make sure that they know their destination after they die. I think that would be even better than a cure to the coronavirus that can maybe extend someone another 20, 30 years, but then they could still end up in eternity without Jesus. Now, I want a vaccination to be found just like you do. I'm praying for all the researchers around the world who are sharing information, doing everything they can. We're mobilizing our whole government and governments around the world, and we're putting all this together to try to save lives. Millions, if not billions of dollars are being spent right now. Industries have come to a shutdown. We're closing down malls. People aren't meeting all across the world that normally meet. Why? Because we just want to make sure that we save lives. Wow. That's a lot of passion for something that we should already be passionate about. I'm pretty sure the Bible's pretty clear that if you die without Jesus, you go to hell. But if you die with Jesus, we call that, we say when we receive Christ, we say, I just got what? Saved. Guys, this should not be a new week for us. We should always have passion to save the lost. We should always have passion to make sure people are prepared for when they pass on because they are going to pass on at some time. So let's be just as passionate about winning our friends and family to Christ as we are to helping our friends and family avoid this virus. Because the worst thing than the virus is meeting your creator without knowing his son. And he'll one day say, if you rejected Christ, depart from me, I, I never knew you. I gave you opportunity, but I didn't know you. Do you know Christ? Let me just ask you that. Just point blank. I mean, if there's ever a time that we should be thinking about this, this is pretty much the time. Maybe the only time you ever think about God or heaven or hell is, is maybe a, a moment like this in crisis or maybe a friend's funeral you were at and you thought, huh, I didn't think he'd go. I didn't think she'd go this early. And I guess that could be me too. Could be. Not trying to make you panicked. But I think you need to stop and say, you know what, I'm going to be dead a lot longer than I'm going to be alive. So I want to make sure on the other side of eternity, my fate is sealed and I'm going to heaven. So here's what you can do right now. You can pray this prayer right now in your living room while you're holding your phone in front of you watching this message. Pray this prayer with me. You can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You can just say this with me out loud. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Thanks for being here today. And
Thanks for joining us online right now. In fact, if you're watching online on one of our platforms, there's a place where you can click, and if you just pray that prayer to receive Christ, you can just click below and let us know you prayed that prayer, and it'll click you to a form. You can fill that out. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we're so excited that you made that decision to become a Christ follower. That's what makes you uh, sealed to have a fate in heaven and not hell. That's what it means to be saved, and so I want to encourage you. That's the greatest vaccine. That's the only vaccine against sin. And so everyone needs the vaccine of Jesus so that they are truly saved. And so, in fact, maybe for you, just just reminded you of when you received Christ years ago, maybe months ago. I'm not sure how long ago it was for you, but, you know, David said in the scripture, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Help me remember what I have in Christ is what he was saying. So maybe church family, we just need this whole crisis to remind us that we, need, we forget that we're not supposed to just be making deals and then die. It's not about earning money and getting a new car and house and putting the kids through college and retiring and that's it. No, God has so much more for us than those. And those are all important things, but you sharing your faith with those around you, bringing people to church so we can share Christ with them is so much more important. Next week, I want to encourage you to be back with us. I don't know if we're going to be online only or our physical locations are open, but if you'll follow us online, we'll keep you posted on what we're doing. We're hearing information from the CDC and our government. Uh, I'll be on the line. I've been invited to be on the line with the, the White House has a team put, uh, put together to, to let us know what's really going on with real numbers and real information. So I'll know more. And as soon as I know it, I'll share it with you. We're excited about that. But I want to encourage you to stay uh, on, on with us and, and, and follow us so we can keep you updated with what's going on. Please fill out that card. It's actually not a card. We normally have a, a, a where you open the bulletin and tear it off. Actually, you just click it and you can fill out the information. If you want to get involved in the church, it says new. Just click on that. Or if you made a decision to follow Christ, we'd love to hear from you as well. And so, well, it's offering time at Church Unlimited. I hope you're clapping right now at your house because... The Bible says to be a cheerful giver, so we want to cheer on the offering. It's an honor to give to God. Now, maybe you've never given online before. It's the only way to do it this weekend. And so if you've never done this, I want to encourage you to do it. It's a great thing to do. 67% of our church gives online. And so if you've not done this yet, you're slow to the game. I want to encourage you to do it. And those of you say, oh, I don't want to do it because it's not safe. Actually, it's a little safer because you have the digital protection if you're giving by way of credit card or bank card. Most of your banks already offer that, so it's actually even safer. But we have not had an issue with that in years. We have not had an issue with that of doing this. And so you can trust it. I want to encourage you to give online. In fact, I want to encourage you, the Bible says this in Malachi chapter 3. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. You know, what does that mean? Bring a 10% of all that you, you earn to God. Now, the reason why I want to mention this, because I'm pretty sure if you have a job like I do, that every couple weeks you earn a paycheck right? And that's probably digitally, it goes into your bank account, or maybe you still get a physical check and have to take it and deposit. I'm not sure how you do it, but I bet every couple of weeks you're probably paid. So for you to give, it seems to me that it would be a lot easier to set it up automatically. I think this is funny because when I mention it, some people get offended like, oh, I can't believe you'd want me to do that. Why are you not offended at Netflix then? You don't seem to be offended at Disney Plus or Apple TV or, or your electric bill, you know, your, 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 your water bill, your utilities. It's the way of the world. Everyone's going to this. Why? Because it, it helps you not miss it, right? To be consistent. The Bible says here, bring the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only area in the Bible God says you can test me. He says, try it. Now, if you see spurts of God's blessings here and there, maybe bec that's because you're tithing in spurts here and there. But if you say, God, I want you to consistently bless me. I believe your word when it says, if you'll bring the tithe, you'll bless me. So I'm going to set it up automatic.
to where every couple weeks when I get paid, you can say that for payday is this day, the same day or the day after, automatically comes out. The reason why people sitting around you in the physical locations may not be stirring to prepare a gift to give to God, it's not because maybe they're, they're not giving, it's probably because they already have given because they've set it up as a recurring gift. I want to encourage you to consider that. Uh, it's actually weeks like this that those of you who have already done that, you're really protecting your church during a down moments like this when the church is going to probably take a financial hit to some degree because we don't have the crowds we normally have by people gathering in our physical locations. Those of you who are online, maybe who, who don't give all the time, please keep that in mind as you give today. I'm not living in fear. We're going to be just fine. But you do need to know that if our offerings are very low for the next couple of weeks, it will affect us not for a couple of weeks, but probably for months. And so you can help us stay strong by just being faithful today. You can also text to give, by the way, to 77977. Just put the word unlimited, CU, or, what, or whatever the, the code is for your campus, and then whatever amount of money you'd like to give. Thank you for giving. Let's pray and ask God to bless this offering. Thank you for those who for the first time are giving maybe by text to give or simply clicking give on the computer you're using right now. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being faithful. For those of you nervous about recurring giving, just try it once, see how easy it is. And if you want to go and set it up for recurring, you can do so. It's very easy, very safe. You can turn it on and turn it off anytime you want. Adjust it up or down as well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the privilege to give. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us with the ability to support your work happening here and around the world. Thank you, God, that we can make a difference. I pray your blessings over this offering. Thank you for the person who for the first time is giving online. Thank you for the faith test that is for them to begin to tithe. I pray you'd bless this offering. Lord, thank you for the privilege to give. In your name we pray, amen. As you take a few moments to prepare your offering, go ahead and you can do that right now. As that's happening, I just want to mention to you, you know, I'm not you know, kind of making a huge thing of this online giving for no reason. It's not, oh, you're just trying to get the bills paid. Well, that's not a bad thing, first of all. But when we say we want to make sure we're not missing the, the, the offering, it's because I don't want to call the missionaries we have in Honduras or the girls that we have in Haiti orphanages and say, hey, sorry, coronavirus hit, couldn't have church, not going to be able to send that support this month. That's not going to happen. And so would you help us stay faithful, not so the church can keep going, but so the church can keep giving, so we can keep making a difference here and around the world. And so it's not really about giving to Church Unlimited. It's about giving through Church Unlimited to make a difference here and the world of the world. So thank you for giving. We do really appreciate it. Uh, as you do that too, let me just mention a couple things real quick and we'll wrap it up. Uh, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Love Where You Live. I think it's interesting that we actually started a week early because we're doing something about loving where we live because in our community, the biggest need right now is social distancing so this virus does not spread. So we've already kind of started doing something, taking a big action step to make a difference in our community. Next week is about love where you live. It's about making an impact. Wouldn't it be cool if we as a church could do something physically, like all get together and go make a difference somewhere in our communities? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be cool if we could do like one big time event, just one big event, we all go out, we make a huge impact, and then it's all done. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be even cooler if we could all go out, make a big impact, and, and create a platform that then that platform serves our community every single week after that? That's what we're doing. We're going over to the west side. We're converting the back part of our west side campus into a giant city park. With our own hands, we're going to go in there and get it done. We're setting the whole thing up so then every single week we can start doing what's called Hope Unlimited Nights to where we begin to pour into our community where people can come out, they can get food, emotional support, help. There's going to be all kinds of things where people can get what they need. And so if they live on the streets, literally, they can come and they can get, you know, feminine hygiene kits, you know, personal shavers, razors, all that kind of stuff. We're helping people get what they need that can't afford it. If you don't have food, 
we're gonna leave, you're going to leave with a bag of groceries that will last you a week. In other words, we're going to go set something up that becomes an engine of support for one of the poorest areas of our city. So thank you for being a part of this next series. we start next week. We're going to talk about how you can love where you live too, your home, where you work, where you go to school. How do you show love to those people? Next week is all about that. Don't miss us for this series. We're not sure if we're going to have physical locations or not. We're at least going to do online. You don't want to miss this series coming up. Again, guys, thanks for being a part of our service. I just want to challenge you to pray. Pray not just for our community and for our church. Pray for the whole world. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. And you know what? I believe that God still answers prayer. And I believe right now, I know the whole world's not believers, but I know this. There's a lot of believers out there. If we all gather together, pray and do our part, I believe and am convinced that God is going to help us overcome the coronavirus and more. And so please be in prayer this week for our community leaders, our state and national leaders, and even world leaders, that they would do the right thing, not just think of themselves, but think about their nations, think about those who are hurting. And I believe we're going to stave this off and we're going to solve this problem, just like other problems that seem just as daunting got solved all throughout history. So again, thanks for being a part of our services today. Thanks for being with us online. As we go, we always like to say the same thing. Remember, as you go this week, even with the coronavirus and everything going on, all the problems that we all have in daily life, remember that you're not just the church. You're the church unlimited. unlimited.